Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, your life connection to the information for a healthy body, an enlightened mind, and a renewed spirit. Welcome to Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. Straight talk, enthusiastic support, and heartfelt encouragement for you to open up to your sacred sexuality. And now your host, Leslie Blackburn. Thank you, my love. Oh, welcome. Ah, here we are exploring once again on this realm of sacred sexuality. And each show we explore maybe meditations, explorations, education, awareness, and stories, um, and answering your questions around topics in sexuality and consciousness that sometimes we don't feel like we can talk about in other places. And here we co-create that safe space together to do that. So as we settle in, I'm going to invite, as we always do, let's plug in to our bodies and listen to what's alive, what wants to be here today. So starting with a bit of a breath. (sighs) Being here now. Take a moment to make any adjustments and welcome those of you who are joining in live on what here is a cool yet warming day with snow on the ground. Or if you're joining in the archives, to feel and take a breath, turn your awareness inward and notice your body. Maybe first noticing your pelvis, your pelvic floor. What's its relationship in space right now? Can you make any adjustments you need to feel support? And as you feel support, ah, invite an exhale with sound to let yourself mm, vibrate away anything that's complete that's hanging on that doesn't really need to. Ah, make a little space in there. And then take a moment to notice your midline. Invite any adjustments or space to create space, length, ease, light through your midline as you notice the crown of your head, the centers of your brain, behind the eyes, the roof of the mouth and the throat. Noticing the space behind the heart, down through the diaphragm, the upper belly. Noticing the lower belly and the pelvic bowl, the creative center, sexual center. Down through the pelvic floor, the sits bones, the leg bones in the hip sockets and Knees, lower legs, heel bones, soles of the feet, and tips of each toe. Ah, Allowing your root system from your pelvic floor and your feet to spiral down through the structures you're seated on. Through any spaces below that into the foundation of any structure you're inside, if you are. And down into the soil of the earth. Allowing your roots to... Ah, stretch down through the soil, spiral through the water table, and down into the central core of the earth, wrapping around the core. Hmm. Notice for a moment which direction is east in your world, and then south, west, north, above, below. And with a breath of gratitude for being in a body, for taking a little time for you, gently. <sighs> Widen your awareness to feel the space around your body coming out to the edge of your skin, out beyond that, 
and gently open the eyes to allow in light and be here now. Yay! Well, it's really sweet to be sharing here today with you all as we are in uh, a place of beginning to settle in new space. Um, And in that, there has been, it has been such a full maybe six weeks or so, and especially the last week or so. And as I was preparing for this show, um, the the sort of question of like, what's the topic? What, how are we, what's meant to come through? And there was so much knocking at the door, right? Like I could talk about any number of things, um, a ginormous move that was uh, the first move that I've made physically in my home and workspace in 20 years. And we moved a home and a, of 20 years and a business, two businesses. And this was a place that I had raised my daughter for her whole life. And lots, lots and lots had happened in home. So we sold and bought and uh, shifted into this new space now in nature and where my prayers were calling um, called me in as I prayed for where am I supposed to be of service for this next phase of my work. So we could talk about that. We could talk about the move, the move itself, the landing here, the openings we've done as we open the temple space. And I've been seeing clients, the openings to open the uh, temple gathering space, one space to really just open our entire space here as, as acknowledging it as one space, that this is this place that's been part of my dreams for the past 20 years of co-creating a culture of love and respect for our bodies, ourselves, each other, nature, and the planet. And that's what all these bits came down to. Like, as I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm rebuilding a web presence. There's, I'm about to roll that out. I'm making new business cards. I have new imagery. I've, I've written a book and I'm working with editors to get that publication ready. Like, there's so many pieces that are coming in. And amidst all that in the past few days, a family emergency. So like any one of these things could be huge topics. Plus all of that includes just identity shifts and ancestral healing and waking up to recognizing my place in my bloodlines and what can I, are there ways I could quit rejecting pieces of my family lineage and, and really learn about and rest into those um, and repattern ways in which I've, I've um, maybe found or leaned against other, other paths or other cultures as ways of learning and connecting with my spirituality, which has been great. And I have filled with gratitude for that. And those aren't bad either. And all the pieces around racial justice and social justice and acknowledging queerness, my own and others, and um, opening space and opening the doors really clearly, not just passively, not just like, of course, everyone's welcome, but really speaking it that this is a queer, friendly, trans ally space, that this is a place of actively seeing the way our bodies carry old information around racial identity and trauma and embodied facets of that. And then I don't have all the answers, but that we're here to ask the questions of each other and to learn and co-create together. And so all of these pieces, again, any one of them could be a topic, and they will be at various times and have been. But what it came down to, literally, as I was sitting on the toilet, I'll just speak it, was like, you know, that's a lot of stuff there, Leslie, dear sweet one. And, you know, just come to the core. Just come to the core of your being and what's there. And that was it. That it's all about, you know, why am I doing my work in the world? Why am I a sacred sexual healer? Why am I an educator? Why do I offer meeting this realm of the darkness and like um, finding new ways through it and creating the safe space to really hear and feel and be who we are at our soul core. You know, why do I do all that? It is to create, to co-create, to establish and co-create that culture of love and respect for our bodies and each other and ourselves, nature and the planet. And that as we do that, that's what 
heals. That's how we're shifting. We can't do this alone. We are human creatures. Humans are mammals. And as mammals, we have an intertwining of a connection with other beings, and it's really important. It's actually part of the gift of being here in a body. As one of my shamanic teachers says, we can only grow when we're incarnate, when we've actually chosen to be here in birth. Um, so as a soul being, we, we can be in different places in our world, but our soul growth really happens when we're here in a body. And that's a really profound gift. Even when there's times where we're frustrated the hell out of our bodies or with parts, or we want to cut pieces or push it away or not see things, it's really easy to not want to see. And so while it's not diving headfirst back into old traumas or like a bonfire, you don't have to dive back into that head first, but we can lean gently against the flame or against the heat, the warmth, not directly in the flame to just light up what's there because, and that happens. We don't have to try to do that. That happens naturally. It will light up when it's ready, when we're ready to see different layers of pieces of our journey that um, maybe we don't have to carry around anymore. So the reason it can feel overwhelming when stuff's coming in is because it's actually asking to be seen. Like, hey, could we, could we unpack this story now? Especially the ones that feel like they're over and over and over again. Like, do you feel like you've been living something, living with shoving something away for decades? You just really didn't want to see it. And it just keeps popping back in. So instead of pushing it away, what's it like to create the safe space where you feel super well-resourced? and support it by yourself and by others around you. Like call in those resources. And that might mean investing in yourself. You know, call in the resources, invest, invest in the time, the commitment, the choice to make a change in your life. That's one of the biggest things I see for people is it's hard to make that, to really step in. Like, hey, I want to make a change, oh, but I'm going to disappear for a little while and not really show up for it. Okay, take your time. What is the t- right time? When it is the right time, you'll know, and you've got to step in and meet it. You know, I can't pull you into an experience. I can't force you to do something. And any practitioner that does try to force that, like, really, it's just not of service because it's not going to stick. You know, I've seen that over and over in me. Like, if I try to force myself to be something that I'm not or to, or to um, try to make a change that I think my head thinks is supposed to but isn't really being authentically called right now it doesn't stick it doesn't integrate it doesn't take root because our physical bodies and energetic bodies are so intertwined we've got to have space in there energetically for whatever the shift is and to actually integrate it to actually have it be a lasting cumulative change and that's why the the modalities that have called me deep into this work and flavor my path are rooted in that premise Modalities, frankly, is biodynamic cranial sacral therapy. And the, the core of that practice, specifically the biodynamic school, which is the one I'm trained in and will speak to, there are other schools, others that are even more like popular, I'll say. If you're familiar with cranial sacral a little bit, likely it's with one of those other paths. With the biodynamic school of cranial sacral therapy, It's really about what's it like to honor and acknowledge that each of our beings, each of our bodies, has its own inherent treatment plan. It's not me as a practitioner telling your body what to do. It's us together creating, navigating the relational space so that your body feels really well-resourced and capable to reveal and to make the changes that it needs. And then when those changes happen from that authentically revealed place, oh, they are so profound. They are so deep. They are so wide. They are so, as one of my fellow uh, practitioners says, cumulative and lasting. It sticks around. And it is about co-creating this culture of love and respect, which has to do with right relationships. That's to me what right relationship is, is even as a practitioner, not to make a presumption that I know all the answers, but to really deeply listen to the being that I'm relating with. And to do that 
in the context of practitioner client, but also in the context of friends and lovers and the earth and nature and the land. Why presume that I know more than, and I've done that. Like I say this because I've seen myself do it. You know, well, I'm the learned one. I'm the one that went off and got the training, et cetera, et cetera. Well, yeah. And the inherent agency and intelligence of our bodies and our beings, so crucial to be honored in whatever work we're doing in the world, whether that's literally our work in the world, how we may sustain our ways of lives, but it's also our relationships. That's work. That's, I use the work widely. I'll call it play, but it's like just this idea of relating. Like, hey, I'm here doing human homework. I'm here learning about myself and other people. And how can we do that together? And we all have information here. And, and there are times where we may bounce between the power dynamics of, of client practitioner or teacher student and be on either sides of that, even between people, um, sometimes with the same person. But that um, really, like I said, what it came back to is what's at the core, Leslie? And what it was is this, this all it comes down to why we do this is to co-create this culture of love and respect so that, frankly, together we can rise up. We are going through a big change on this planet and in this consciousness. And sometimes that change feels really crunchy, feels really uncomfortable, but it's not that we have to stay on the trajectory of it being horrifying, right? We, we absolutely can make the changes and co-create the spaces together so that we aren't ignoring what's happening in the world, but we are changing it one step at a time. So not getting overwhelmed by trying to tackle everything all at once, but going, what is that one small, sweet step? What is the one piece that I can meet in my journey? And I tell you what, putting energy and investing time and resources, even if that means taking well-earned savings and investing in yourself um, with practices and practitioners that will support you to remember and claim who you are, that's a gift to the world. Because as, as you are aligning to your authentic being and the work you're meant to do on this planet, you're offering a sweet gift to everyone else. So it's not selfish to take that time to go get a biodynamic cranial sacral therapy session, for example, or explore sacred sexual healing work if that's what's feeling called, or maybe it's massage, or maybe it's other energy practices, or yoga, or Reiki. Like there's, you know, uh, Tai Chi, uh, other somatic experiencing practices, um, dance, movement, song, bringing your voice into the world. Invest in the pieces that are calling you. What brings you joy? Those pieces are what supports your body's resourcing so that you can actually be of service to anyone. Because if all that happens is we get overwhelmed with what's going on around us and then we sit in a hole and don't, and don't do anything for ourselves or anyone else, we're not really being of service to anyone. Now that said, rest, curling up in a little ball, sometimes that is absolutely warranted. It's like find the balance of self-care and rest when you need to retreat, when you need to resource or build back up in your stores if they're low, and then when it's time to reach back out. And that I say pretty close to home. I've needed a little of that. I think I've needed a little more self-care and inward time than I've wanted to acknowledge um, so I, I ended up needing to do that yesterday, but it came through having a bit of an emergency to be able to to do it. So I'm going to do my best to shape that uh, a little more in, more in advance, maybe, <laughs> ongoing. Ah, so feeling really good about feeling good. That is my prayer for all beings so that we can co-create this culture. So this culture of love and respect, it's right relationship. And the thing that reminded me of that in this moment about coming back to this core as I was sitting on the toilet. So having, 
you know, as we acknowledge our bodies, there's right is, is this sign. So the thing that I, reminded me of that is this sign that I have that I made. I put in our new space in our home and temple community space to offer to others is like practice right relationship. And I have several of these signs all around in different ways. And this one happens to be around the, the uh, toilet and the septic. And it's about like honoring that on this, in this space, in this land, right relationship means be gentle because we have, we're on a septic system. And people will also often put signs up around, you know, we have, a, we have a sensitive septic system or whatever to be gentle. But, like, what I really want to speak that and I want to expand my sign, um, my partner brought this up too, uh, is that, you know, I didn't even it's, – it's hard to even know what that means, the word septic, for a lot of people who've just lived on city systems all their lives, which I – was on well and septic, I'm sure, when I was like a toddler. But beyond that, I only knew city water and city sewer. Um, so I really didn't have direct experience with, even though I knew what a septic system was loosely. But what it is, is it's you're here, you're self-sufficient on you know this land. So our home has its own well that is sourcing water from right here on this land. And then the septic system is where waste goes through the plumbing, you know, the standard plumbing, it's plumbed like a standard house in a city would be, but it's um, the, the plumbing, instead of dumping into city sewage, dumps into a set of tanks. And in our case there, it's an engineered system. So it's a super special set of tanks that have particular fussy, uh, just they're a little bit fussy in their, in their operation. And then they, it goes through this process, a little bit of a process. And then literally drains directly into the land. So it makes, you know, what I want to invite from this is awareness around where does our stuff go? And this is a broader topic even on the whole realm of stuff. But as, you know, like, can we really honor right relationship that as we're emptying, as we're eliminating from our bodies, as we're pouring things down the sink or cooking cleaning what's going in those pipes because what goes in those pipes gets gets impacts this land and the land is here to support and can right the land and the soil and the bacteria in the soil are incredibly amazing when we're in right relationship with them we actually don't need a lot of extra stuff as long as we work in in a in a balance with now septic systems also have a pump out process we're also you know, are going back into municipal systems for processing. But it's it's the place in between, right? We are impacting and relating with the land here. So to me it it amps up the awareness that I've I've always started to have, even in my old home, we really had shifted from harsh chemicals and cleansers um, that we used to use years ago and had been using biodegra- biodegradable products and soaps and um, not putting chemicals down the drain. But it, it's in particular just really alive here because it's so direct. So that right relationship, how can we be in balance with so that we can nurture each other, the land and our bodies, and even um, honor then what we're bringing into our bodies because as we process it, what leaves our bodies you know, is, is through the balance of our own body. So now what, what is our elimination like? What are, what are we urinating out? or having move out through bowel movements that, you know, if uh, there's just, there's a conversation we're having. So for me, that some of that conversation, I'll just say, as we're being really mindful about right relationship, what I've come to have be a practice is I've talked for years about getting my bare feet on the land. And I advocate that I assign it as homework, like, for those of us, especially those of us disconnected from the earth, which is a good huge chunk of us in the West or in the U.S. in particular, living in and around cities where pretty much we live in a house, we walk out on a cement driveway, we get in a car, we go to a, to a job perhaps, leave the job, and in the winter maybe leave the job and the sun's down again. So we didn't even see daylight because we were inside a building all day. We come home, we walk on cement, we go back in a house. Right? There's no connection or plugging back into the land. So for years, you've heard me talk about, like, let's rebuild that connection. And that's been a part of my practice daily. Um, 
either simply just walking out and standing or just literally reshaping my life so I have more time in nature. Um, but it can be as simple as just five breaths, getting your feet on the land. You know, maybe it's that transition as you come home from work and go back into the house or apartment or condo or living structure. Um, well, what I've found is, is this woke up for me at um, some events that I've been at that have been really supportive of this, the premises and the, the, the practices and the culture I'm bringing to this space here in one space have their roots in many things that influence me. And one in particular that really helped me practice it is touch and play, this series of events and this whole practice or movement or culture of what I call like consciously relating, you know, conscious sexuality, conscious connection and communication and dance and movement, being really mindful of our elimination and our relating with food, how, what we bring into our bodies, what leaves our bodies. So like just peeing out on the land, like why do we need to come inside to a flush toilet if there's woods, right? The land can support quite a bit of human relating in terms of urination in particular. And just that like to have the freedom to just pee on the land. And so what I've done is like really brought that into my practice in our new space. Of course, why not? Because what that does, we have this sweet conversation where in my body, I'm now saying, hi, nature, land, earth, here, learn a little bit about me, right? And then, then as the earth and the land are supporting me, they have information. So maybe, you know, in the big cycle picture of things, as we're consciously bringing our elimination into the earth, and it's now growing and creating foods and medicines for us, there's a conversation around, you know, and then those go back into our bodies, and then they're now part of the elimination, and that there's a conversation happening. We're not unplugged, disconnected from, and and not in exchange. So it's, it's rebuilding the exchange. It's rebuilding the right relationship with the land. And what I've found is something super crucial that I didn't, I was sort of surprised, but really came through as a download. So in a moment, I'll come back to sharing what that super crucial piece was that came out of my new practice of peeing on the earth regularly. You are listening live. Today is Tuesday, November 19th, 2019, and you are listening to Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. If you would like to talk with Leslie live on the air, give us a call at 646-378-0378. That number again is 646-378-0378. And now back to your host, Leslie Blackburn. Hmm. Yay, thank you, my love. Okay, so who would have thought we'd be talking about elimination in the middle of the sacred sexuality program, but this is important stuff. So the big aha moment that I had as I began this practice of going of it felt so good to just pee outside is um, the, the awareness that the bare feet earth practice that I had been using and, and building, we often see it as earthing or grounding, and it's great. We're actually letting our nervous systems discharge back to the earth. There's a lot of benefits. I have videos about this at my website, and we've talked about it before. Those, those, what I realize is those grounding practices are great, and they're at the surface of the body. So it's very, I'm going to call it very yang in the yin and yang balance, it's very yang. It's the active part of ourselves, our skin, grounding the nervous system, which is usually in sympathetic charge when we're through the day. And that's important. And what for me started to happen was this awareness that through a direct urine stream contact with the earth, I'm now grounding through the electrical you know, exchange down through that stream grounding my inner body, my yin body. So the bladder and the internal organs 
and like it's it's like this exquisite healing practice of grounding the in body of grounding this place deep deep that was that's that's about like mm, coming back to earth and ground it's grounding mm. I just invite to feel it so you may giggle you may think this is crazy and some of you are going heck yeah I do this all the time great I'm affirming let's join in together because having this right relationship the other thing it does is like less times I'm flushing like western toilets when we came up with these like I won't get into the political nature of how this all started but because I don't know it enough to really go into that but like what just surprises me or makes me go hmm is um why we would have all of this clean fresh amazing water go to the process of washing away waste and becoming toxic if we keep water separate from urine and feces like we can literally turn poop into compost like humanure so like but you have, but it's you know, don't get it connected with water. It, it's it's an amazing cycle. But as soon as it taps into the water flow, now we're we're doing two crazy things. We're making it toxic, and we're we're um, using really fresh, clean, healthy water to to do that. Like why why go through that part of the cycle? So um, stepping into composting toilets are going to be another piece that we're going to journey in in this land. We don't have yet but it is something that I want to um, meet here. Uh, it will be new for us and for this land. Um, but th- this is what I mean, like coming into right relationship with how our bodies function is not just how do we treat other people. It's not just how we treat animals. It's also the land and the inner exchange with the land. And frankly, like, you know, bringing that awareness to our mindful actions walking through our day. And things will just keep showing up. And I'm sure I'm going to get more things showing up for me personally. Um, They keep showing up and I keep following them. So right now I'm noticing health benefits to peeing on the land regularly. It's helped my digestion and my um, daily processing of elimination and pooping, um, which has been a thing I've talked about before through my health journey with food changes that I made about four and a half years ago. Um, Huge health benefits, I believe, to having our bodies plugged in directly with the earth again and being in conversation with. So that's the journey of that piece of right relationship. So we have little signs talking about this in our, in our home, like, Hey, let's not flush as often as, as like every time you pee, that's a lot of clean water going to really no purpose. So I remember seeing a quote, and this is when I was in Sedona years ago, and this little quote on a sign um, was something like, if it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it down. So we brought that premise here also to, the, to, these, to our home to bring some ease to the septic which is really just bringing ease to the whole planet. Each little step counts. Um, The other signs I have are talking about our water. We have well water, and the prior owners had put in a reverse osmosis drinking system. And what I found now through direct experience was the RO water is is just missing too much. It's just lacking minerals. It has no life. Um... And while I get it's it's really pure, right? It's been stripped of all the stuff. It's been stripped of everything. It's been stripped of minerals and such as well when it goes through that process of reverse osmosis. So I'm drinking the well water here, and it feels amazing. My body is much happier than when I'm so as I'm accessing direct well. Um, I'm accessing the minerals and things from the earth, and the water was tested uh, also in the past and shown to be completely drinkably safe and yummy so it's it's awesome and some people myself included like don't like the taste you know in the past anyway I remember my grandmother uh, my grandparents had a farmhouse with a well and septic system and it was always weird for me growing up I didn't understand it nobody told me anything about it but all I knew is the water tasted really funny it was very high sulfur kind of flavor and so I just I really didn't like it 
And my grandma would kind of try to mix it with Tang, this powdered orange drink. Uh, I'm kind of remembering this for the first time right now, uh, to, to hide the flavor. So we'd have Tang, but that it really didn't hide the flavor. <laughs> and, and then now we're drinking Tang, which is not that great. Um, but anyway, it was sweet. Um, I think she was trying, but it, uh, it's, it's cool to me to finally be noticing the way my body is actually receiving this water and this flavor in a wholly different way now. Um, but it makes me giggle. So this theme then that I came to as I'm in like right relationship or doing my best to notice right relationship, right? It's a practice. How can I, how can I shift things and actions, you know, and do more and more? And I, I just, I keep growing in that. I keep learning new ways that I can uh, make changes that will improve how I'm relating and lessen my footprint and impact in negative ways and expand my support of and bring more active voice to my support of so that maybe others can be inspired by something different. Sometimes we just don't know. We just don't know that that's a thing that we can do or practice or be with. So that's part of what I want to offer to create a culture of love and respect for our bodies and each other, ourselves and the planet and nature. So part of that means how do we relate through the foods we eat and bring in the elimination as it goes out through our sexual energy, conscious relating and communicating and creating community together. Uh, it's quite profound to start to bring these practices I've found into my world. And it weaves into everything that I do. It's not just something like, oh, I go teach this or this is what I do in time for a class. It's like that's part of our vision for this home and this space is that this is our home. It's how we live. And those then visiting, we welcome you into let's co-create living together in right relationship. And how can we do that and learn from each other and build a place together that's not just about here, but about taking the helping each of us meet authentically who we are so we can do our work in the world and bring that amazingness out into the world. So right relationship. And as we meet that in our bodies and in our sexual energy, that's another theme that I have noticed. So when I say conscious sexuality, it's like making choices to consciously relate in our bodies and in our physicality um, and in acknowledging sexual energy that it's not just about um, pushing sex aside or rejecting it or it's not about grasping at it and being becoming sort of overwhelmed by it but like coming into right relationship with our sexual energy with ways that we can open when I say like open our bodies and build strength and resiliency to open to the power that moves through us. And part of what I offer in my work are what are the tools to create that safe space so that you can build resilience in your body to open to the power moving through you. And that it's it's a balance, it's a journey. Sexuality isn't just about being, you know, and, and bliss and pleasure and ecstasy and sexuality is not just about, oh, I need to get turned on, so let me find something outside myself to turn myself on, but to open to the turn on that is you. Like the very essence of you moving into and through your body and inhabiting this physical organism form that you get to have this time around is the bliss, is the pleasure. We don't have to seek it outside. Uh, and then we can choose to consciously exchange it and co-create it with other beings. Uh, don't get me wrong, it has, doesn't have to be alone or always solo, and yet it can be very solo and very um, self. And um, that brings me to a topic that came up. So we, we just opened our space for our first temple gathering here at One Space um, in the new place. It's, we've had temple gatherings for nearly a decade. They were in our, in our other space, and now we're in our new space in Ann Arbor. And um, as we opened the temp first temple gathering here, initiated the space with that, 
one of the topics that, that came up was this nature of what I call sacred celibacy, that we can really start to notice that maybe, maybe making a choice about being celibate and exploring our sexual energy only within ourselves in our own body can be an incredible journey of, of self-awakening that can create a really sweet foundation for reopening into either sacred monogamy or sacred polyamory after that or any flavor like these these are just three three of the flavors that I'm naming now that the point being any of them can be held with sacred intention um and that uh, it's not that one is right or wrong or that one is better than or worse than or a progression of they're all valuable um you may find yourself relating with different facets or qualities of these things um, at different times in your life. Some folks identify as being asexual, like, and that's also divinely honored, right? It's the key is like, how do you feel? What's your truth? And if, if making a, um, a shift to honor only meeting yourself, your sexual energy with your own being um, is of service, then to, uh, to do that consciously and I actually have I coach people through this so there are folks that have felt maybe overwhelmed by um, sexual energy like oh I, I feel like I need it a lot or I use a lot of porn or I, I go and seek or act out in my sexuality and they're starting to recognize that as not being of service to them and then I guide uh, let's do a sacred a, a, a ritual to open sacred celibacy and hold that for a time period, often three months and see where that takes you. What do you learn about yourself as you consciously bring your, uh, rather than push it out or act out with the sexuality or, or have it be somewhere outside you, can you turn it? Can you mirror it back in? Can you take this desire or these things that rise up and actually have them turn back into your own body and meet them consciously in self-pleasure. And I have specific self-pleasure practices that I, um, that I invite for folks to use through that practice. And so now as you work with those tools, like what's it like to bring this energy within you and now have it be fuel for your own healing, for your own um, pleasure and joy, for your creative possibilities. You may use it to manifest what you wish in the world or work with a creative project or hold space for what you want to seek to bring into your life and also to connect really deeply with spirit, with God, with universe, divine, however you relate with this realm of other. That um, that's a, It's a powerful energy. It's a powerful life force that we can liberate to be used or to be met and honored without sort of squirting it out, without giving it up, without attaching it to somebody else, letting yourself meet it for you and see what journey, what do you learn from that? And then perhaps at the end of that period of time, it feels complete. You close it out and now you come into relating again, consciously with other, with your sexuality, with other humans. And that practice can be done really intentionally and with, quite frankly, quite amazing results. Uh, the clients I've worked with with this have seen really surprising changes for themselves. And in fact, one quite recently that I'm encouraging to write a bit about it. And, uh, and so if and when that happens, I look forward to sharing a little bit more about that journey, that particular journey. But this, it's a powerful practice of um, resetting what sexual patterning has been that gets baked into our body brain system and often baked in from a time. Like if you think about your earliest sexual experiences or how you're educated in sexuality for many people, many, many people, it wasn't really consciously most actually I'll say in the, especially in the U S it wasn't really consciously um, taught or shared about for for many um, 
I'll say most in the generations of that are in their 40s and 50s right now. They weren't consciously taught or shared, or or older, 40s, 50s, 60s. They weren't consciously shared or taught about um, sexuality, and so there was a lot of stumbling around and learning, or learning from porn, or guessing, um, and it had to be secret or hidden or rushed or pushed. And this is a lot of this um, culture that, oh no, I have to I have to push things, and a no doesn't really mean no, and no means try harder. And this whole story that shows up in the dominant culture uh, mentality around sexuality. Um, and unpacking those stories can be quite profound and to do it, it's more than just talk about it. It's, it's actual unwinding in the energetics, um, and a very real one, a very profound one that really the results, what it brings is, is a liberation and a freedom in, in your being in like, oh, I no longer have to be controlled by sexuality. I can make choices with it. And I no longer have to hide from it. I don't have to push it away or keep it at bay, but I can actually trust my own power and trust how I share and interact with others. Mm, so that's a powerful journey that can come from this, what's it like to be in right relationship with various things? And maybe that right relationship is with our own energy and with other, our partners. So opening, connecting with our bodies, listening to them very deeply, and honoring that we each have the wisdom of the universe in there, and what's it like to slow down and pay attention. And reach out if you'd like support with that. This is something that I do, and I can do it online, um, and, and so remotely from wherever you are on the planet, and I do it in person here in Ann Arbor, Michigan. So let's take another short break and come back as we listen to the body and honor this co-creation of culture of love and respect for our bodies, each other, ourselves, nature, and the planet. Thank you for joining us today. You are listening live to Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. Leslie Blackburn has a detailed website where you can find radio podcasts, videocasts, and more free resources at leslieblackburn.com. The website is mobile-friendly and also has the full class and event schedule, information on private sessions, mailing list sign-up, and much more, again, at leslieblackburn.com. Leslie offers private sessions and has helped many hundreds of individuals and couples over years on their path of sacred sexuality. Sessions are available in person in her brand new temple space in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And private sessions are also available by Zoom, Skype, or phone from anywhere on the planet. See details on the website under Classes and Coaching. There are also options for home study practices. Sacred sexuality classes on four new topics are now available by video. You can purchase access to these at the website. And the Tantric Energy Touch Workshop is available as an audio CD. Order online at the website. The best way to get announcements about upcoming events, as well as inspirational stories, videos, and radio show archives, is to subscribe to the email newsletter by clicking on the link on the website, leslieblackburn.com. And a reminder that Leslie is available for speaking engagements. More information at the website. Also, if you'd like if you like what you heard today and want more, there's a whole new way to support Leslie in bringing these sacred sexuality teachings into the world and get amazing rewards for it, including sneak peeks of her new book, which is currently underway. Become a patron at patreon.com/leslieblackburn. See all the details there again at patreon.com/leslieblackburn. And now back to your host, Leslie Blackburn. Hmm. I invite you to ah, allow an exhale with a little sound. Give yourself permission to rumble, to vibrate. Hmm. 
turn your awareness inward once again. Drop into the belly, the pelvic bowl. And maybe take a little bit of a moment to sit with. Like what what's alive with you right now? As you've listened to this program, maybe there's some new ideas that popped in. Maybe there's something you want to carry with you into back into your space. Maybe there's something that frustrates you or brings you a lot of joy. The things that are lighting you up, be present with it. What is it that wants to be heard? And then just take a moment and visualize yourself meeting this, maybe something you want to carry with you. Maybe if there's a piece that wants some time and your attention that you say, yes, I'm going to honor myself with some time and attention with this thing that's rising up. And just let that plant into your pelvic bowl and give it some space to be heard and be come back to. And welcome in if there's an aha moment, carrying that with you, integrating it, taking it forward. And then a breath of gratitude for yourself for taking time for you. You are the only one that can do you. Don't try to be somebody else. Listen to what your body and your path says is your truth. And then surround yourself with the resources so that you feel safe to be you. And I encourage you to reach out if you want support. With a breath of gratitude. Thank you, thank you. Namaste. Thank you for joining us for Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. If you'd like to contact Leslie, please visit her website, leslieblackburn.com. Leslie is also available for private sessions, and you can find more information about this at the website. Thanks, everyone, for joining us, and have a beautiful day. Join us again next time for continued support on your path of self-realization. The power is within you to heal your body, connect deeply with others, manifest your heart's desires, and experience your deepest bliss. By our healing, we impact others, inspiring love for humanity and the planet. Thank you for joining us for Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn.